This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello, and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Emmy Birch, and today you're listening to episode 100, a very special Supper Club episode. Today, you're going to hear from all five of your co-hosts. We start by talking to the original duo, Kristen and Lindsay. They talk about where the podcast started, why they decided to do it, and how it's grown over the last two years. You then get to know all five of us, Miriam, Emma, and myself, just a little bit better as we go through some of our favorite deep conversations that you might have at a supper club. We hope that you enjoy the life nuggets that we spread throughout this as well. By the end of this episode, we hope that you feel illuminated. We are so thankful that you listened to the podcast. Celebrating our 100th episode is a really big deal. So if you'd love to get more illumination into your week, go jump over to patreon.com slash the illuminate podcast, where you can get weekly ideas of quotes and books and music and little mini snippets of episodes just to help you go to the next level of illumination, whatever that looks like for you. I am really honored to present to you today's 100th episode of the illuminate podcast supper club. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. We have a special episode today. This is our Supper Club episode, and you will hear five voices on today's episode, which means we now have five hosts of the Illuminate Podcast. If you have not listened yet, we have two new hosts, Miriam from episode, remind me, Emmy, or Emma, which episode is she on? Uh Uh-oh, was that episode (laughs) 95? Let me do a quick. Um, Yes, she was on episode 95. Awesome. And Emmy on episode 97. So those are your your one-on-one introductions to our new host. But we thought that we would join today and bring all the hosts together so you can learn a little bit about us. And as a celebration of our 100th episode, and actually I was, I received a Facebook memory from today, from two years ago of us launching the podcast. So it's pretty cool that we're recording our hundredth episode on our two year anniversary. I, this is Lindsay, one of the original hosts with Kristen here. And I got that memory too. And I was like, I can't not believe that it's been two years. Yeah, it started as a basically an idea in in my living room. Yep. And it grew. So Lindsay and I were part of a supper club that was started by our friend Emily. Um, and so her husband was in a leadership class with my husband and she decided she wanted to start the supper club. And then she was a fangirl of Lindsay who was running the mom stroller club. And she's like, there's, I remember her telling me there's this really cool girl who runs the stroller club and she has this podcast, a running podcast. And I really want to get to know her. So let's invite her to supper club. But then at the time, the caveat was, but they're vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> and so we said, well, we'll, we'll give them a try. We'll see. We'll see if uh, if a vegetarian can work. And then the fun, the thing that's ironic about this is that Emily and her husband became vegan through the course of while we were in supper club. Her husband had high cholesterol, and they decided to make some dietary changes, and um, so it became like vegan, vegetarian, meat lovers. Then we had another another couple as well that was part of it. So all the girls of supper club, there were four of us. We uh, started the Illuminate podcast. And so Lindsay and I have continued on and Emily and Sarah had other um, work and life things come up. And so they, you can catch some really awesome early episodes from their hosting. Um, But so with their spots open, we're excited to have uh, expand the group and the voices and the, the guests that we bring on the show. Yeah. And you know, this podcast from the start, 
when we brainstormed the idea of the Illuminate podcast, the whole name of it, the Illuminate podcast, we all just really wanted to share stories of people doing really good work in the world to put it as simply as possible. And so um, since we've brought on Emma and Miriam and Emmy, because they all share that similar feeling and um, we just want it to continue on and carry on. And with the new hosts, the addition of the new hosts, we think that we can um, expand the kinds of guests we bring on the show. People, Kristen and I maybe never would have heard of. And so we're just really excited to have these three women joining us. So for this episode, we're kind of going to do just a fun Q&A with each other, maybe some rapid fire at the end. And we're actually going to let new host Emmy lead this group. But, you know, from here on out, we're going to be rotating. So every week you'll hear from a different host. So we'll rotate in, you know, five weeks. It'll be, it'll go like that. So uh, I'm going to pass the mic over to Emmy and let her run this show today. Thanks, ladies. This is Emmy, and I'm so excited we are here together. I have a really important question. Why do you supper club? Oh, man. Well, you know, when we started supper club, when Emily, our friend, started supper club, I was so, I think grateful is the right word, because I was looking for a community of people that I could sit down at dinner with and have actual, like, meaningful, deep conversations with, but also lighthearted conversations as well. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like in our adult friendships, there's so much passing and going, like dropping kids off or doing whatever, like quickly that there's a lot of surface level, like, how are you, you know, how are you talking about the weather, things like that. And so, um, the thought of getting together with a group of people that we could actually really get to know each other and love each other and, and hear what like our deepest struggles were, but also what we were celebrating. That was super important to me. The food to me was like always the, it's second best to the conversation. I love it. The deep conversations. Anyone else in the group? Have you guys been in supper clubs? I haven't, but Lindsay, hearing you talk about it, I'm like, how have I not done this before? It's a commitment too. It is, but, and we committed to really doing it once a month and we would work to try to find times. We put, we'd book it on calendars early and I really, really looked forward to it. It just was a nice time for community. And I also enjoyed the hosting piece of it because I like the cooking part of supper club as well, but it, it really was nice. And then COVID hit and it's basically been on pause since then. And I moved. (laughs) <laughs> and you moved. Well, that too. I'll have to Virtual start just pretending like that didn't really happen. <laughs> well, here is your life nugget of the moment. What Kristen just said, you have to get it on the calendar. So if there is something that you want to do, get that thing on the calendar. And FYI, if you want it to continue, schedule the next one before you leave the first one. That's so right. don't worry, ladies. It's on my list. We're scheduling our next hangout before we actually hang out today. Don't worry. Life <laughs> nugget. So you're getting to know your hosts and little nuggets of life wisdom. Okay, so we know why you okay, started Okay, but Supper wait, Club. Emmy. So I've got a quick question for you oh, okay. going back to that. So does this go back to the book that you recommended, um, Deep Work? <laughs> Great question. You are so cool to remember that. Yes, it does. It goes back to Deep Work, putting it on your calendar. But it also goes back to one of my best girlfriends. She was a mentor my whole, like, growing up adult life. She was the one that was like, you're 30. You might not want to wear that anymore. (laughs) Like, that type of person. Everybody (laughs) needs one of those in their life. Um, So she was the one when I was 21 or 22. She said, you're about to graduate college and adult friends are different. So here are the things you need to know. Try all the friends. And schedule dates. And if you have a good time on that date, schedule the next one before you walk out. Otherwise they will disappear and not intentionally. So that was life wisdom from, you know, 12 or 15 years ago. Okay. I have a follow-up to that. that. (laughs) One of the things, I think I learned this from a guest on this podcast, Liz Bohannon, who I'm kind of obsessed with. Um, She said, assume the friendship. And so in moving here to this new state, I've been trying to do that as best as I can because if you don't assume the friendship, you can't expect the other person to do that. Mm-hmm. So be the one to reach out and assume the friendship. Um, and then another note on that comment about what not to wear past 30, Emmy, as I just hit 38, 
Um, I am like, I'm all about wearing these like long skirts, flowy skirts, like up high waisted and showing just a little bit of my belly. And just I'm rocking that at 38. Bit. Yes, okay. you are. Yeah, yeah, girl, you do it. it. My problem was the short skirts at yeah. concerts. I would really love little black dresses and you can't really wear a little black dress as the conductor past a certain age. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't at all. Like you're lifted up on a podium, you're conducting, maybe not my best life choice, but man did I love myself a little black dress. <laughs> there you go. Someone had to tell me. Um, one more thought on this whole given life note, it's about making friends. I interviewed this fantastic jazz musician on my music podcast and he talked about quote, the power of the hang. And when you make the commitment, just like Lindsay said, you have to assume the friendship. You make the commitment to just show up and hang. You don't know what's going to happen, but there is power in the hang. Stay later than you want to. Arrive a smidge earlier. Commit to go to the social event that might be uncomfortable because there is so much power in the hang. Love it. Yeah, that's good. Emma, you've moved across the country multiple times. What's your tip of wisdom for supper club friending? Oh, for I don't know. So I've had that uncomfortable, like being uncomfortable with like social situations. I'm really extroverted and like never feel shy, but I felt that in moving here. Like I would show up to like running groups or like hiking groups or things like that, where like I very much knew I was going to be the only person that was new, you know, and I, I don't know why, but that situation is the one that makes me like turn a little bit like uncomfortable or like feel shy a little bit when everyone already has their like group and their connection and you show up and you're the newbie there. Um, so I think that, and I like, I, I love moving and I love like meeting new people and all of that. But I think like what comes with that is I love the quote of like, um, do it scared or like mm. do it anyways. Cause like once, like once you do that once it becomes easy and things like that. And I've just, I've made really, um, really good. And like, I feel like deep friendships out here through that and just through, um, finding something that we all have in common, like the love for outdoors or the love for activity or something like that. So going to things that I know I already have like the passion behind it. So I can like I know I can lean on that. Right. I can lean on like talking about running or talking about things like that. If, if nothing else, but the world is full of like such incredible, great people that like, it's so fun to meet, to like, just be thrown in that situation where you don't, you don't know anyone and you get to just like, it's kind of like hosting the podcast, I guess you get to just like go for a hike or go for a run or whatever, and kind of ask all the questions and get to know people, which I really love that. Do one thing scared. Let's, we're going to have to have a list of quotable moments because that's yeah. super quotable too. Yeah. Hey, speaking of things you do scared, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Let's get into some supper club conversations. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Um, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I can dive in there. I always wanted to be an author, like a um, writing fiction novels and all that. That was always my dream growing up. And a still a piece of me wants to do that. And I think that's why I fall to like loving interviewing authors on the podcast. I'm still just so fascinated by that process. And, um, I would not like Miriam, want to do for it. example. Yes. Yes. I was, <laughs> I loved that piece of when she brought that up, but, um, I would, I would not want to do it full time anymore, but that was always my dream. So I definitely sat with a journal. Um, I used to sit out, we had goats growing up and I would sit out with my, I just have fond memories of sitting out with my goats and horses and writing poems and little short stories and reading it to them. Oh, I love goats, goats make the craziest stories. Aren't they like, <laughs> ah, they, they scream. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I think what I wanted to be is going to be sounds super weird for a kid, but maybe it's because I grew up in New York. I really wanted to be a diplomat, which I low-key was not opposed to still. <laughs> I think it's because I remember going on a trip to the United Nations in New York, um, like a school trip, and it was fascinating. 
it was the coolest place. I remember like going into the auditorium where you saw all the little, you know, names of the countries where people sat behind the microphones. And, you know, you got to, I remember buying like little postcards of different flags of the world and putting them on my desk at home. I must've been like six or seven. Um, and I was just fascinated with maps and the world and just like, what does that mean? And I don't think I, I didn't really know what that meant, but I was like, I want to work here. I thought that was really cool. And I think I didn't really necessarily talk about it a lot because I didn't really know how to express it. But I just remember like my room, I had all these like United Nations, like postcard flags of the world for years because I was just fascinated with that. I'm gonna be really okay, That's honest. still my adult dream. <laughs> I yeah, just have, I think I Google what is a diplomat. So, oh. <laughs> shut Thanks. up. That was one I of my questions for later. The craziest thing you've Googled. Don't give it away yet. <laughs> I'm surrounded by some smart women here. Go ahead, Kristen. Oh, no. I was just, I took the foreign service exam a few years after college. I didn't pass. I know everybody says you're supposed to take it multiple times, but I only took it once. I thought so. about taking it many times. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, I guess never... I still could, right? I could still I think... aspire to that dream. Yes. But my childhood, in, as a kid, I had two, two professions that I wanted to pursue. For I went through a pretty significant phase of wanting to be the first woman president mm -hmm. um, until I became adult and realized that politics, being a politician sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to be a doctor and I really did try to become a doctor, but I failed organic chemistry in undergrad and that just killed that dream. So I, I went into public health instead, worked out. Being I also, was every South Asian parent's dream. So <laughs> they really wanted one of us to become a doctor and nobody did. So, yeah. <laughs> But you were a lawyer. I feel like that's also it's really... like second best, Lindsay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Doctor is like, yes. It's premium. Yeah. My husband is Lebanese, and that's the same thing. Like everybody's a doctor. We were at a family gathering over the summer, and him and I were the only people sitting at the table that were not doctors. <laughs> so we were kind of the failures of the table, is what it came down to. Yeah. The failures that are changing the world. That's what I would say about that. <laughs> um, I also failed organic chemistry twice. And you did? Yeah, I took it a third time and <laughs> came out with a C minus, I think, because the professor felt sorry for me. <laughs> I just kept on chugging on through. It was good awful. for you. Do you take I the same professor all three times? Oh, no, but I mean, I'm sure I was like, this is my third time. I can't do this again. You know, I, I would have felt bad for you and I would probably yeah. have given you a C minus too. If, right. Like if you're trying, cause, cause I, you couldn't get like even a D even though D plus isn't failing, it's technically fail. It doesn't count, you know, for the major, I was trying to major in dietetics and, um, my grades were so bad that I never ended up getting an internship. So I never became a dietitian, but you know, what was devastating at 22, is I look back and I'm like, I wasn't meant to be a dietitian, but those are the kinds of things that at that time you don't realize, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I'm, I guess I'm grateful because that wasn't the path I was supposed to be on. But at the time it was very devastating. Um, when I was growing up, I, you guys might think this is funny because I had to Google what a diplomat is. I failed organic chemistry. Um, I didn't really have any big dreams of what I wanted to be. I mean, I think looking back, I feel like the one thing that sticks out to me is maybe in third grade, I said I wanted to be a teacher just because I liked my teacher, but I didn't have any big career aspirations or like I have to be a mom aspirations or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I just wanted to grow up. I think, I think that's what I wanted. You kept showing up. I think that's important too. If we're putting together the pieces, you are doing exactly what you need to do. And like you said a second ago, we don't know what we don't know. Um, in typical Emmy fashion, I wanted to do all the things. I wanted to be a classical pianist and I wanted to perform on the stage because they have really pretty dresses. But I also wanted to write books and be the next Louisa May Alcott. 
And then I needed to learn how to fly a helicopter because I've always lived far away from family and I needed to get there pronto. And I hear helicopters are really quick. So those were the three things that I wanted to be growing up as a child. Random facts. Those are very fitting. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, (laughs) very honored. But I feel like I've learned so much about each of you hearing what you wanted to be like, Mary, I'm going to call you next time. I need to make a diplomatic decision. (laughs) What would you do? Well, look, as a, as a middle child, I feel like I have to do that anyway. It's a very natural thing. <laughs> hey, so, that's, that's a good yeah. question. Hey, what is the um, birth order? I'm Ob's oldest. Like, I am so the oldest, it's not even funny I'm the oldest. What is everybody else? I'm youngest. That was I'm Emma. the oldest. I'm middle. Oh, another middle. And Love middle it. with two sisters, too, just like you. Oh, oh look at that. I'm just going to take us. a moment to advocate for the middle children. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, and maybe this is very middle child of me, but I like to say that I think we get the best of both because we get to have the experience of having an older sibling and being an older sibling and having a younger one. And that's, not what the rest of you have. So yeah. I think it's a plus. It's a plus. It's fun. Well, I have four kids. So like I have two middles. So that's really interesting dynamic as I try to parent my kids because I do oftentimes feel like the middles get lost in the middle, you know, and then you you age up the oldest middle because, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you have the bigs and the littles. So it's really interesting to kind of figure out the family dynamics with that and how to make sure you're giving each kid enough attention, but you're not like drowning them in attention. Another podcast for another day on parenting. (laughs) But doesn't that tell us so much about our, just even our birth orders and Mm -hmm. how we, how we lead our podcasts, how we have conversations. Like you asked who wanted to lead supper club, but I was like, Ooh, yes. (laughs) And I was like, not me, not me. (laughs) Which is so hard to understand because I'm like, I better not answer because other people probably want to do that. And so I waited a designated amount of time before responding (laughs) with that gift to give others, not the oldest child, an opportunity. Hey, everyone. Just a quick break here to thank Nutrafol for supporting this episode of the podcast. Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Illuminate to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, there's free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use the promo code Illuminate. All right, back to the show. So now we know that one, which is a perfect segue. Miriam, if you were the middle child, what was your best birthday party ever? Oh, as a kid or as an adult? Mm, Let's say all-encompassing. Okay, all-encompassing... I think what comes to mind is my 30th birthday. And I did not necessarily, it was a transitional year for me. So I had just moved back from London. So there was like a lot going on. I didn't know like what my life was going to be. But my closest friends that I grew up with actually threw me a surprise party. Um, And I thought I was going (laughs) to like a networking event. (laughs) This is the best part. super stressed and nervous and like all of these things. And my friend was like, no, I'm going to introduce you to these people. Like, and I was like (laughs) in a completely different mindset, like thought I was going to do that. And then I was completely shocked um, to see some of my best friends at this restaurant. That was super sweet. And then um, I actually went to Dubai for my 30th as well for fun. Cause one of my best friends was living there at the time. And so we were like, went to like the Atlantis resort there. And that was just like really, really fun. So I have to say that was great. I'm not going to lie. It's a I love double it. birthday. That's incredible. It's a double birthday. Yeah, it was good. Emma, what about you? Oh my gosh. I'm stuck on this. I have to say like no birthday is ever going to be topped after you like turn 10 or something like that. You know, like the, the childhood birthdays were 
of course the best. Now it's just that you get older and nothing much happens. <laughs> what would you do? Um, Were you like a slumber party person? Or oh, what? just a slumber party. I grew up with, as I mentioned, horses and goats and stuff. So people would just come over and ride the horses and it was always horse themed. I mean, same year after year and just, yeah, big party of a slumber party with all the, all the girlfriends. So nothing in particular stands out, but all those birthday parties are like super fond memories. No one's saying you can't have like a 30 something year old slumber party with your girlfriends <laughs> yeah, right. for your birthday. Yeah. And the so horses in the back are really fun. <laughs> yeah. Horses. I'd love that. <laughs> Here's the thing though. Emma's not even near 30. Yeah. So. I'm not getting there anytime soon. <laughs> no rush. No rush at all. You can ignore all of the attire quotes from earlier. Yeah. Just yeah, keep wearing I, I all have the a clothes. few years. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, what about you? I was just thinking about this and. I really struggle with birthdays, I think, because I struggle with getting older and I have for a long time. So I never really super look forward to birthdays. But then I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a birthday. But the older I get, I'm like, my husband better make a big deal about my birthday. (laughs) You know, like I don't want to like be a part of him making a big deal about it, but I want to feel special. Um, and I think that because growing up with, uh, my mom was never like super big into huge birthday celebrations or anything like that. Um, I feel like I had this, like, I always make fun of my husband because his family makes a huge deal about everybody's birthdays. I get texts and calls from his family before 8am, like before any of my family has texted or called me. So I guess I have a weird relationship with birthdays is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I would go back to what Emma was saying with just good old fashioned slumber parties as a kid. I mean, I have so many great memories of birthday parties in my parents' basement where we just stayed up super late. And I don't think I have a great adult birthday memory, which maybe is kind of sad. And maybe my husband should listen and plan a really big surprise party for my 40th. That's what I need to say here. Hint, hint, hint. Anyone, someone should send it to him. Someone send him this episode pronto. I say, I say own the birthday, you know, make it as big or small as you want. I think that is like, yeah, that's totally up to you. But I think that's what I've learned as I, as I've gotten older is I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it is I want, even if it's a lot. (laughs) I love to celebrate people. I think that's my favorite part, like celebrating them. Kristen, what about you? Well, I'm turning 40 this year, so very soon um, in December. So maybe circle back, you know, after, after December on this question. No, just kidding. So the first thing that came to mind was my 16th birthday and my parents rented a limo, which is like a big deal when you're 16. And all my girlfriends came and I think we went to a restaurant for dinner and then we came back and had to sleep over. But I just remember it being so fun. And there's all these goofy pictures in, you know, one of my childhood photo albums when you used to take pictures with those disposable cameras and then get them printed at CVS. So those are the only, you know, documented books of my life was from those days. So that's, that's what came to mind, um, that 16th birthday, but I feel like I've had another, other couple birthdays that have been fun of, that have involved trips. The first year I met George, my husband, we went to the Dominican Republic for my 30th birthday, which was super fun. And that's a good test on whether that relationship was going to last. Right. (laughs) Amen. Um, so yeah. Emmy, how about you? This is a hard one. I I want to thank all the parents out there who plan birthdays because I can assume that that is really challenging. Like I remember the 13th birthday and having all the girls over and staying up all night, those things. So I know my parents always made my favorite food, always had my favorite cake. They were amazing. Even through my master's degree, they made sure my birthdays were a big deal. Like we did 22 at Disney. If you have never done a birthday at Disney, go get yourself a birthday button and take yourself Disney. Everybody tells you happy birthday. You ride in the front of all the lines. It is like pure magic, the birthday button. And I was 22, so it was like everywhere we go, we were double deucing. And so there's 8 million photos of my family 
doing double peace signs. <laughs> That's hilarious. So That's that one, um, my husband took me to the Met on a surprise birthday for my 30th because I love opera. And we got to eat at the Met. And so between the the acts, we got to eat more. And it was really cool. We stayed in Times Square. Very, very New York touristy and very much of a surprise. But 34, I made my own birthday. And I decided it was my waltzing year. So that's three, four time, 34. And Moon River, um, so from Audrey Hepburn, Breakfast at Tiffany's is a song that's in three, four times. So we had an Aubrey Hepburn breakfast at Tiffany's party. We had the movie playing on a projector screen. Everybody dressed up. I was obviously Aubrey Hepburn. And (laughs) everybody brought bubbly. And it was just bubbly and dressed up fancy. And I did it myself. And it was a blast to make your own party. So it's like a little bit of everything. That's awesome. But I think- Emmy's obviously the most creative here. Yep. <laughs> totally. Can you plan Too my crazy. next party? Yes, I would love to. I love planning birthday parties. Help Glenn plan my 40th. Please. I'll I'll connect. I'll take. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. So in in the uh, party planning, so we plan a themed New Year's Eve party every year, costume themed. Seriously. Seriously. And in the last. 11 years last year was the only year we haven't had it um, did you still dress up even though there wasn't a party because you and your husband should have still dressed up even though there wasn't a party we did not dress up but I know we probably should have we should dressed the boys up we dressed yes. them we put them in like these little cute suits and took pictures with them then but you took you kept it going so every year is a different theme so we've had tons of really cool themes. Dress as your New Year's resolution. Come as who you thought was the person of the year. Um, we've done a, we did a 1920s theme this year. Dress as your high school self. Um, that would be so much fun. <laughs> the high school self was pretty good. We bought one of those. Remember the backdrops that you could take with your school pictures? And if you paid more, you got that laser background. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we bought a huge backdrop. So like as soon as you walked into our house, you took a picture in front of the laser background. And then there's always a a cocktail that matches the theme. So that year we had an ice luge, which is probably not really appropriate for high school, but maybe more so for college, but we just leaned in hard to that. So we had an ice luge in the kitchen and it it was pretty epic. And then we had collected from everybody their favorite high school songs so we made a good soundtrack for the night what uh, was your song there's a lot of boys to men that's amazing <laughs> I feel like I would have had like Nelly on my uh, yeah yeah Nelly was in there I'll have to look up the uh hot in here. List, but yep. yes hot yeah. in hot in her yeah hot that's, all in I got. Her. that's all I got for you yeah, so we're hoping we can have this party this year, but it is so fun. And everybody goes all out and they're just right after the ball drops. There is a uh, contest, a costume contest. So do you and have a theme for this year? We don't. So the themes have developed at different points in the year um, based on just somebody coming up with a great idea or just having a moment. We usually give everybody a couple of weeks advance notice of what the theme is. So we do not have a theme yet. So we're open to ideas. Send any theme ideas. <laughs> One of my girlfriends talks about having dress up like your partner happy hour. They have themed mm, yes. happy hours and you come dressed up as your partner. But the caveat is you actually have to wear their clothes. <laughs> so oh, you come good. dressed up as your partner in their clothes. That's really funny. So she borrowed all of her husband's like running gear and he's like, I can't get this hat too sweaty because my wife's borrowing it tonight. (laughs) Well, parties, I sound like we could have a, sounds like we could have a pretty awesome party. Let's talk a little more supper club. Let's say magic ball. You can invite four people, two to four people because four people might be hard. You can invite two to four people to your supper club. They can be dead or alive. Any two to four people that you would like. Who would you invite to your supper club? Is this recurring guests or is this like a one-time supper club? Your choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
if it's a one-time thing, like I'm definitely going the Oprah road. But if it's like, who am I spending? Who am I going to spend time with these people every single month? I mean, not that I wouldn't want to spend time with Oprah every single month, but I just feel like <laughs> that might change my decision. Are we forming a new supper club that meets monthly? Hmm. I think you should have at least one that's a recurring guest and at least one that's a one-time one-off. Okay, I like that. Okay. Somebody else go first. (laughs) Okay, I can go. I don't want to like commit to this forever, but (laughs) that, that scares me. But okay, Oprah is on my list. Okay, she has to be there for me. I'm a big fan. So Oprah is there for sure. Number one. Number two, I thought of my maternal grandfather who I actually never got to meet. Um, And he was uh, a lawyer. He was also a big activist against the British colonial rule. He was a political prisoner. I've heard so much about him. I would absolutely love to meet him. So he would be there. Um, Okay, this is going to be left field, but Jay-Z. Love it. I feel like he could hang with all the people. Uh, again, I'm I'm a New Yorker. I've always loved Jay-Z. I, I think he's done a lot of cool and interesting things. So he would be there. And then maybe someone like Maya Angelou, who I also love as a writer. Um, and I feel like I could just watch all these people have conversations. I don't even need to be a part of them. And I think that would just be really fun. Those are awesome. Those are all like, and they're all over. Like, they're not all one genre. Great job on those selections. Who's going next? Well, when she said Jay-Z, now I'm looking through my Spotify playlist. Because <laughs> I love music so much. I'm like, which artists do I really want to spend time with? You go, Emma. Oh, I'm just going to go super basic. And I have to say Michelle Obama. I feel like I have so many questions that I could go there. And she could come every week or every month if she wants, for sure. She has the (laughs) invite. Um, And then now that, yeah, the music thing, I'm going to go Taylor Swift as well. I feel like those two could also, again, you could watch them have interesting conversations and not that they're like related in any way, in any aspect, but um, would be fascinated to hear. I just really like Taylor Swift's documentary and like her being on, like, what was that? Um, Miss Americana or whatever. And just, I want these people when you can like get them to be 100% honest, you know, like unscripted, they, their answers aren't going anywhere. And I'm going to stop it too. I'm going to keep those two and and we're going to just have a dinner of three. That's good quality time. Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah. There, there are two people that I have so many questions for that. I couldn't invite more people. There's no room for anybody else. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) You want to go, Kristen? Yeah, so have any of you guys read the, there's a book, it's called The Book of Joy with Nelson Mandela and Mm. the Dalai Lama. It's a really beautiful book and conversation. And I would love to invite both of them to my dinner party. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a specific person, but growing up, I was, I read every single book that I could on World War II and the Holocaust. And so I would just want to talk to somebody who went through it. um, That's a survivor. I would want somebody there that I could just ask lots of questions to. So fascinating comment here. My step grandma um, on my mom's side, she was in a concentration camp, actually. Her father was, um, I believe he was a German soldier and then they like turned. So she, I can give you her, she could take that. So okay. she, she only wow. passed away a few years ago. So I got to hear all the stories and everything like that. And it was interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think my fourth, this is so random, but Jane Goodall, I just like, she's such an icon. And her, the choices that she made in her life are really powerful and they've left an impact and there's a lot more environmental awareness because of her. And I would, I'd have a lot of questions for her and I would love to just hear the stories that she has to share. 
So this would be my four. I love how so far each of you have like picked areas. Like Miriam had a little bit of everybody. So it would be like this amazing like UN summit of great people sitting down to talk. And Emma was all about the questions and the conversations. And then Kristen, you're asking like you're learning from their experiences. I love how you're each approaching it. I will say, Miriam, you did, I, I considered changing mine and maybe I'll add a fifth on, but I similarly never met my maternal grandfather mm-hmm. who everybody said was the most amazing man. And so when you said that, I was like, yes, yeah. I would definitely want him to be there. Yeah. So I'd add that one. I'm right, Lindsay. Not- Lindsay's now trying to figure out go what last. musical you, artist. You can totally well, now, go last. Now I'm looking at my Goodreads. One <laughs> 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 of the most recent books I read. Yeah, you go, Emmy. I hope that this is making the listeners also kind of think, hmm, who would I invite to supper club? So I have, a, a, I have two answers. One is for like great conversation. So if it was great conversation, I'm going to invite Amanda Gorman because she's obviously so great at writing. Um, I think hearing her talk to Amelia Earhart and Louisa May Alcott would just be the coolest conversations among really strong, amazing women who were at different points in history. And then there's this composer, Chica, from like the 1200s. Her name is Hildegard von Bingham. She was from Bingham, Germany. And she was like, a genius at the time one of the only female composers that we have music from she always pushed the envelope in 1200 so I think bringing her to the table and then just because I want my granny to live forever I would invite her to supper club because in this dream world she would never go anywhere and so it would be my granny and four really awesome authors so that's five I overdid one two three four five I die my other idea was having all my favorite runners in one room so that obviously could still possibly happen in my dreams. So we're not going to divulge those secrets now. You won't tell us who they are? Mm-mm. Because that, that list, that's not a supper club. That's like a, a dinner party in like a conference <laughs> hall. And yep. I have questions for everybody. Yeah, you could probably make that happen. Oh, my goodness. I would love to ask a billion questions. But I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, duh. You're one of, <laughs> you have to be there. But I think having all those authors and people throughout history that are strong women, that's that's the direction I went. All right, Lindsay, you ready? <sighs> oh my gosh, this is really hard. I Can I just be completely honest because we're honest here? I feel like I am so basic and you all are so cultured and have traveled the world and done all these cool things. And um, I'm just going to say that, first of all. And that's okay. That's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's fine that I think that I feel that way. Um, Lindsay, I put Taylor Swift and Michelle Obama. I think that's as basic as you can go. (laughs) I I had Oprah, who I think is pretty much standard, but like, I don't even care. (laughs) I know I'm just in awe at hearing a lot of the things that you all have done. And um, just, I don't know, I'm, I feel basic, but Oprah and Taylor are both on my list, but I was looking through my Goodreads and I was like, who like, I think I would want to be somewhere where people made me laugh because Mm -hmm. I always want, like, I'm always looking for comedy. So, um, one of my favorite podcasts is the pop cast. And so this isn't even like a dream big, like they could never, this could never happen because it could, but I listen to Knox and Jamie on the pop cast every single week. And they're just kind of like my escape every week. So I think I'd like to hang out with them. And hopefully they're just as funny in person as they are on their podcast. Um, And then I'll try to be cultured here. I have another answer. My favorite parenting book is called The Seven uh, Spiritual Laws for Parents. I think that's what it's called. And it's by Deepak Chopra. And it is like helped me so much in my parenting over the last three years. And so I always recommend that book to new parents or people that are looking for some sort of guide to help them because it's really crazy trying to parent kids, no matter how calm or crazy they, the kids are, they all come in different, different uh, forms, but that book, you know, all my kids are very different from each other. And that book has really helped me in my head, like, streamline how I want. Cause, cause one of the things I've learned from him and other parenting people is like, 
I can, I cannot control how my kids act, but I can control how I act. And so, um, maybe get Deepak Chopra in a room with Knox and Jamie so we can laugh and we can get wisdom at the same time. Okay. I love that. That is not basic at all. Also, you I want to come to your dinner party. Yes. And you dropped a huge life bomb on us. There you you go. can't control what other people do, but you can control how you react. That's not just for the parents that are listening. That's true. Yeah, We should say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> I also wrote that book down because I think that that is a great recommendation for, for a lot of people. It's a really good book. I thought he would be a dream guest for me to interview. He's very, very, very famous. I think it would be very hard to get him booked, but, um, yeah. And it doesn't matter, you know, I don't know if he's Buddhist. I don't know what religion he, um, he practices, but it doesn't matter what your spiritual actual, like specific spiritual beliefs are. You can take what he says and apply it to your life. Definitely. To hit on what you said a second ago, Lindsay, I am so thankful that you bring you to the table because as like the type a super high strung personality that I am I feed off of your chill off of your (laughs) ability to just like go with it and like I listen to you in the podcast and I'm like man I'm gonna be chill today I'm gonna find a space in which I cannot be uptight and it's I find that so helpful so when you're thinking about your supper club vary the personality styles love it thank you you bring a ton to the table not basic Hey, she sparked an idea. Who is your biggest, humongous, like dream person that you could actually interview on Eliminate? Mm. I'm um, Allison Felix. Girl, I have pitched her about five times a year for the past five years. Dream. <laughs> or I'll dream. have another. And oh I my mean, God. you could maybe do it. I don't know. But I, <laughs> you, you find out how you get in touch with no her idea. and let's do it. God, I just want to hear her talk. I can't, I know. And it's, it's interesting because when I launched my running podcast in 2016, I made a list of like my top 10 people I'd want to interview and she was on it. And here I am in 2021 still, I literally filled out a contact form on her website for probably the 25th time. And Emma's tried to reach out to for me, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what? That's what I'm saying. Like I've been trying for five years and maybe in five years, I'll keep, I'll still be trying. Dream big, dream huge. Love it. Who were your stretch interviews? I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking too. I I don't know. I made a list. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Allison with you. I'll be, I'll weasel okay. my way into co We can co-host that because I would probably be so nervous I'd need a little assistance. I would be nervous too. Okay, um, what about Deepak? We need him on too. Well, yeah. See, True. but... I'm in this like scattered place because I host three podcasts. So I'm like, <laughs> Deepak goes on my parenting podcast. Allison goes on the running podcast. So now I'm thinking Illuminate. But he, Deepak can also go and Illuminate. Oh, 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crossover yeah. episode. There you go. <laughs> uh, Sarah Hall has that not-for-profit. I'd love to hear more about that. But I'm not gutsy enough to reach out. I'd like to get a couple years under my belt. Oh, you should reach out. She'll do it. You should reach out. Yeah, you should. That's on my list of stretches. Do it. Okay. Nothing to lose. Very. I mean, life goal number life nugget number three. What's the worst thing that could happen? Absolutely nothing. They say no. Exactly. We're still here. You should do it. Okay. Now the whole world knows I have to do it. (laughs) Who else is going to have stretch goals today? I'm thinking. Um. Come well, on, I Miriam. Mean, I, I think we all want to say, we all say Oprah, which is- I know. Again, like, that's, that's all yeah. like my brain, like my brain goes blank beyond Oprah, but I have to, I have to move on from that. Uh, <laughs> no, she was just on um, Armchair Expert. They have a series that Kristen Bell and Monica uh, interview. It's called We Are Supported. And they, I mean, it's Kristen Bell, so okay, whatever. But they had Oprah on, and it's a really good episode. I need to listen to that. You know yeah. what? Okay, I just thought of someone because when you mentioned comedy, Lindsay, I actually love comedy. So I would, if I was going to update my supper club, I would add a comedian as well because I watch comedy, like like comedy, like stand up comedy a lot, and I love Jerry Seinfeld. So uh, 
he is someone I will put on a dream list um, because I think it would be potentially funny, a little intimidating, but I would, I would definitely love to hear more about, I think Jerry Seinfeld, when I've heard him speak, does such a good job about talking about the another side of comedy that I don't think people necessarily give comedians enough credit for, which is writing jokes like the art of writing a joke and how hard that is. Um, so I would just love to dig into like, how do you do it? You know, I don't think people see comedians as writers. So I, I think that that would be interesting. I, I, love I that. have to say, I am like the last person. I don't know. Like I, I didn't watch TV really growing up and stuff like that. So I don't follow celebrities or anything like that. So I always feel like I'm the worst person in this case that I never know of like, famous people or celebrities. So I don't have any that I fangirl over. And I just feel like I leave every interview. Like that was my dream interview. Cause it was so Aww. much fun. So I feel like that Best I just, I can't ever. think of anyone because Lovely. I don't have, I think they're all so cool in their like small, I mean, they're do, all doing big, incredible things. So they're all, but they're not like huge famous people that I've interviewed, but I feel like they're all so important in their like smaller way and unknown way, which I love that. So I'm stuck and can't think of anyone big. So I'll give you guys one that I've tried to, um, pursue and I I've not gotten far enough to be able to get him to interview him, but, um, father Greg Boyle runs an organization called homeboy industries out in LA that works with gang members and formal gang members. And the work that he is doing is just, it's remarkable. And I recently read his book, Tattoos on the Heart, which is so powerful. And I actually did the audiobook, and he reads the audiobook, And it's really cool to hear it in his voice. So I strongly recommend it. But I would put him on my stretch dream list and I will go back and try to get him on. Keep doing hard things, friends. Hey, obviously we need to have more supper clubs because we had no issues talking and having deep <laughs> Um, Listeners, we all hope that you get to know us a little bit better and that you feel connected to all five of us. One rapid fire question because we've already talked about books. We've already done all the like end of episode podcast questions we usually do. What's the dumbest thing you've ever Googled? Uh, what, what's a diplomat? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, y'all, this was so much fun. We must do it again. But I'm so proud of y'all making it to 100 episodes, and I'm honored to be a part of the team. We are honored it's to have so you fun. and Miriam and Emma. Yeah, congratulations. And you all kept it going for the last two years and growing stronger. So thank you. Totally. Hey, until next time. We'll see you guys then. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, for Thanks for listening. There you have it. Thank you for listening today. We all hope that you have enjoyed today's episode and that you feel a little bit like you know us, just a smidge bit more, that you know where the podcast has come from and where it's going as we all have big dreams for the future. It's an honor to illuminate the world with you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it today, please don't forget to share the episode and tag us, the Illuminate Podcast, on Instagram. You can always support us by jumping over to our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Illuminate Podcast. But really, if you could rate and review us, that's how we have new listeners find the show. And we really appreciate it and read all of those comments. Thank you again for being you. I hope that whatever you're doing today makes you feel illuminated. You deserve it. And I can't wait to spend time with you next time on the Illuminate Podcast. This is Emmy. Have a great day.